0: Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Alfick, And I'm Connor Thompson. This week we are bringing you an exciting episode spanning several months. Starting in February, (laughs) ending in March. Several.
1: I'm not not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah,
0: I am technically right. Also 1991.
1: Just one year. February 26th. On Baghdad Radio, Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein announces the withdrawal of Iraqi troops from Kuwait. Iraqi soldiers set fire to Kuwaiti oil fields as they retreat. That's like the burning the bridges on the last day of work. Literally kind of thing. burning them. Also on this day, Dr. Doom stands by his predictions of gloom. Unlike most economists, Ravi Batra says he's always hoped his forecasts would prove wrong. But then again, Batra isn't your conventional economist. The India-born economics professor at Southern Methodist University has been warning of economic doom and gloom through books and lectures for more than a decade, and so far, a few of his predictions have been pretty close to the mark. In his 1987 book, The Great Depression of 1990, a New York Times number one bestseller, Batra predicted that a recession would begin in 1990, but he also said it would fester into the worst depression the world has ever known. So, not quite there. Yeah. Batra's 1987 prophecy, and a follow-up book a year later called Surviving the Great Depression of 1990 foresee worldwide unemployment, deflation, stock market crashes, and bank failures over the next six years. The end result will be a collapse of capitalism, according to Batra. He said, People think capitalism is invincible, but that is the same thing they said about communism. But there is some good news ahead, he says. The beginning of the 21st century will commence a golden age in which major economic players on the global scale will work to form a new socioeconomic system. Everyone always says I'm full of doom and gloom, Batter says, at least this story has a happy ending. This didn't happen. It seems like a good way to sell books though. Womp February 27th, President Bush declares victory
0: over Iraq and orders a ceasefire. James Brown is granted an early parole and released from jail following his arrest after a high-speed car chase through two states in 1989. We've got an article, it's about a utility vehicle, the Humvee. The Army's high-utility, multi-purpose, wheeled vehicle is officially called the M998 Cargo Troop Carrier. Service members call the cross between a fat car and a squat truck a Humvee. In 1985, the Army switched from Jeeps to Humvees, which travel over sand dunes and highways. The Humvee was battle-tested over a year ago in Panama, where it ran even with flat tires thanks to magnesium donuts inside the tires. Power steering, 16 inch clearance, four wheel drive, independent suspension, wide wheel base, make it hard to overturn. The Humvee can climb a 60, says inch grade. Yeah, 60 inch grade. Average price, $28,000. That seems really cheap for a Hummer.
1: Can you name the truck with four wheel drive? It smells like a steak and seats 35. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Well, it goes real slow with the hammer down. It's the country pride truck endorsed by a clown. Canyon Arrow. No! Canyon Hey, hey! The Federal Highway Commission has ruled the Canyon Arrow unsafe for highway or city driving. Canyon February 28th. Hollywood's Record Plant Studios' recording studio shut down. Among the albums recorded at the Record Plant were The Eagles' Hotel California, Fleetwood Max Rumors, and Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. Damn, that's uh, pretty that, iconic. That's, yeah. Yeah. Also on this date, school board approves plan for condoms. In a dramatic and emotional session, the New York City Board of Education last night narrowly approved a plan to make condoms available on request to the city's 250,000 high school students. That's a lot of Jimmy Hats. The decision was in doubt until Dr. Westina L. Matthews, an appointee of Mayor David N. Dinkins, <laughs> announced her vote. Are making the outcome Mayor four Dinkins to three. Thing? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I uh, Dinkins. In doing so, she cast a significant morsel of consolation to the three members who voted against the plan by promising to seek an amendment at a later date to allow reluctant parents to exclude their children from the program. Were you really just laughing at at, uh, fucking Dinkins? (laughs) Yeah, I was. I was already laughing at the name Westina. Yeah, Westina Uh, just sounds like- What kind of dickhole parent names their daughter Westina? But then after that, Dinkins. Like, it's a story about condoms mayor dinkins proclaims i guess condoms. yeah
0: see all i know about david dinkins is he lost the uh the election because of the the tainted non-fat yogurt in that episode of seinfeld yeah i know nothing else so i have to take that as complete canon fact. it is yeah that's what happened all right wow we're on to march 1st new month guys today clarissa explains it all debuts great show oh yeah Mosa joan hart I love Melissa Joan Hart. She's Melissa Joan Hart. Fuck, she had heart. Remember when Melissa Joan had heart? Oh my god. Sabrina the Teenage Witch is fucking awesome. Uh, not so awesome today. Pornographer arrested in partner slash brother's slaying. Pornographer Artie Mitchell was shot to death in his suburban tract home, and Jim Mitchell, his older brother and partner in legal San Francisco sex businesses, I love the emphasis on legal, was arrested on suspicion of murder, police said Thursday. In San Francisco, a sign was mirrored in the window of the Brothers Main Theater, variously called the Cadillac of Whorehouses and the Carnegie Hall of Sex, attributed the temporary closure to a death in the family. The Cadillac of Whorehouses. That's a bold claim, even as far as whorehouses are concerned. Jim shot Artie? I'm shocked, really shocked, a customer wearing a suit and tie and hoping to see a mid-afternoon show
1: (laughs) 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 said after an employee had turned him away. What does mid-afternoon at the local whorehouse look like on, like, a Tuesday?
0: Now, what, is is—is this, like, a porn movie theater, do you think?
1: I don't know. That's what I think, because, like... I don't want to investigate. Yeah, that whole
0: concept is something I'm glad probably died after the 90s.
1: March 2nd, Bush's popularity surges in Europe in conflict's wake. His prowess in guiding the victorious Allied Coalition draws a torrent of praise. It sounds like a piece of, like, propaganda. Right? The story comes out of Paris. The venerable French newspaper Le Monde seldom quick with praise for American leaders, said in a Friday editorial that President Bush's command of the Allied war effort has made him, quote, the most popular American president since Harry Truman on the day after victory in 1945. The mass circulation German tabloid Bild Zetung compared the American president to Otto von Bismarck, the Iron Chancellor who unified Germany in the 19th century.
0: That's a bold claim.
1: That's super high praise that really is i mean europe love bush yeah it sounds
0: like he's got the uh, 1992 election on uh on lockdown good for him uh let's see march 3rd an amateur video captures the beating of motorist rodney king by los angeles police officers thankfully this, yeah i mean fuck but this- uh, hold
1: on hold on let's stop there thankfully the video captured it not thankfully rodney king was beaten yeah i mean yeah that's, i think that's that's what not i Not that we need it. to clarify but we should
0: Yeah, maybe just get that one out there. I mean, in a time before cameras were ubiquitous everywhere, it's pretty amazing that something like this was caught and was able to spin and roll into the case and legal precedent that happened out of it. Also, uh, Mike
1: Tyson defeats
0: Donovan Ruddock in a seventh round TKO. Less history
1: changing. A little bit. March 4th, closing out the week, tracing a devious path to the Ivy League. Across the Ivy League in the spring of 1988, bleary-eyed deans poring over the usual stack of superlative-filled recommendations and stratospheric SAT scores were intrigued by one application, the one from the boy who said he had taught himself everything he needed to know while working as a ranch hand and sleeping under the starry Utah sky next to his horse, good enough. Other applicants sent in laudatory letters from high school teachers and coaches who vouched for their head-of-the-class qualifications, but Alexei Indris Santana's file contained only a note from the Lazy Tea Ranch in Utah, saying he had ridden with the best of them. Also in the folder were a few newspaper clippings about track meets he had won, and his own smoothly worded essay about why he wanted to attend an Ivy League school. He was an imposter.
0: Yeah, this is pretty cool. I was reading about this guy. His actual name is James Arthur Hogue? Yep. Yeah, he was claiming to be an orphan in 1985 at the age of 25, he stole the identity of someone named J. Mitchell Huntsman and enrolled at Palo Alto <laughs> High School. <laughs> Wait,
1: so he was a 25-year-old playing a 16-year-old? Yeah. He sounds like a star on the WB. Pretty much, except uh, he wasn't getting paid nearly as much. Well. And uh, then in
0: 1987, he applied to Princeton and whatnot. This article goes on about uh, how he was caught and eventually sentenced to prison, uh, but it's a really long article, so he kind of truncated it a little bit. But that's really uh man.
1: That's fantastic, posters.
0: yeah. That's such a weird thing. Like identity theft. Fuck.
1: So cool. Moving on to movies and music. Uh this week we got we got a little bit of a funky setup. Let's start with the movies. What we wanted to do was we wanted to de imagine a movie for you a kind of like we talked about yeah last week yeah a current movie maybe in theaters right now or recently in theaters as a 90s movie here's the problem with that Uh, basically every movie we could find that has some kind of universal
0: appeal or knowledge uh that everyone knows about is already in some way connected with the past either in the 90s or or something else uh we've got things like rogue one obviously star wars related the jungle book We've got Marvel movies like Doctor Strange,
1: Ghostbusters, Beauty and the Beast, Finding Dory,
0: Civil War, there was a Captain America movie in 1990.
1: Blade Runner's close enough.
0: Yeah, Suicide Squad, we've got various things featuring at least oh, some of these characters. Yeah,
1: the Mummy remake is coming out. Yeah, and
0: I mean, uh, oh, Batman v Superman, that's a movie they've pretty much been talking about since the 90s. Power Rangers.
1: Power Rangers. Jumanji, <laughs> like, yeah. Independence Day
0: resurgence. Don't get me wrong, we are going to do this. We just have to dig deeper and find a good movie that we can actually cover. We just were bombarded with movies that have had their roots at least somewhat in in the 90s or around it. Finding Dory was probably like 2001,
1: though. Yeah, But, but we we thought that this was funny enough to mention to you. Yeah, so and uh, we'll gloss now...
0: over. We'll gloss over the box office yeah. real quick. Things like Silence of the Lambs, Home Alone was still hanging out at number five after. Uh, after sixteen weeks in the box office, Kindergarten Cop is is still hanging on as well. That's down at fourteen, though.
1: White Fang.
0: Oh, White oh, Fang. Nice. Yeah. So that's some good stuff. Um, Green Card. There's a movie that might not work in twenty seventeen.
1: Yeah. So that's 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 what we got for movies this week. Unfortunately, not all of our best laid plans for the podcast. Uh, you know, fire.
0: We'll. Uh, I mean, we will. Uh, I think we will deimagine a movie. I- I'm looking at some this point. list again, and there's some there's stuff we could do.
1: Yeah. We'll Passengers
0: have to... might work. Deadpool would have been a pile of garbage in the 90s yeah sure would have uh it would have been like a really shitty spawn i think
1: (laughs) imagine ghostbusters but with men
0: i got nothing to add to that
1: yeah yeah um okay let's let's jump let's jump into music so lately we've been going over the top 10 albums of the week but because we did this week relatively recently i actually don't
0: change a whole lot yeah
1: they really don't I'd like to dive into the number eleven album. This is the Razor's Edge by AC/DC. I think growing up in the '90s, we were subjected to a lot of AC/DC.
0: I wasn't subjected to it as much,
1: but it was definitely it was, ever present in probably
0: movies and TV shows
1: to the point where, like, I like, licensed. like, I like AC/DC. I never, I never, never listened to them. Mm-hmm. Do you ever put on AC/DC? You ever get in that kind of mood?
0: I have. I can't think of any time I've ever actually. Ooh, no, I've listened to one of their songs, a couple of their songs on YouTube, like, once. Okay. So, in my entire life, I can think of one instance where I have actually yeah. listened to ACDC. What's funny I didn't about- I they were still making music in the 90s.
1: Yeah. Well, what's funny about this album is that in the reviews for it, the, so The Razor's Edge had three big singles, which, to be fair, are big singles. Uh Are You Ready? Probably the least known of the three. Money Talks, which is one of really? my favorite ACDC that songs. That came out in the 90s? It did. The most important one, though, is Thunderstruck. What? Thunderstruck released oh, the 10th that? of September, 1990. That is... Wow. Thunderstruck is my biking song, so... We live well. I lived in Niagara. Chris still does. I used to ride my bike down to Niagara on the Lake, and when I was on my way back, I would stop at the base of the Niagara Escarpment, have a drink, pull out my iPod, put on Thunderstruck, and race it to the top of the escarpment on my bike. I would never win. The (laughs) song is not long enough. It's like four minutes long. Biking up the escarpment takes like six. It's brutal.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a that is a steep hill. I've never attempted that. Uh And like Thunderstruck is undeniably it's a great song. Yeah, it's undeniably a song that really gets you pumped like that would be a perfect song before like a physically arduous task like biking up the escarpment.
1: So reception for the Razor's Edge wasn't great. Like, it, OK, so it peaked at number two on the Billboard 200. It went platinum five times over. So it did OK. It did open. but it was received generally with mixed to positive reviews so overall the the theme behind the reviews was like yeah it's pretty good there are a couple singles but we've heard this before, which I think is how I feel about ACDC. That's
0: how I feel about a lot of albums out of the 90s. There's two or three good songs and the rest of it we've kind of heard before. Yeah. Like like all... As much as I talk about how much I love Britney Spears, I love Christina Aguilera. Fucking boy bands are putting out some music that is near and dear to my heart. They
1: have three songs each. Yeah.
0: Each of the songs <laughs> has three, maybe four songs of that, that album and the rest is filler. Right. It is all killer, no filler. Anyway,
1: so that's, uh, that's your movies and music for the week. Next week, we'll have more for you.
0: Yes, we will. Because we're going to do a week that uh, hopefully has some some good music. I don't even know.
1: Let's slide into 90s news now, because there's some decent stuff. Yeah. So on the Instagram, I don't know if you've been following us. We have been posting again. We should have been posting the whole time. Frankly, we haven't been. But we are now. And now is what matters. Yesterday, being Friday, because we record on Saturdays, I posted a picture of a drink I'd never seen before. It's called Zima. This is a malt liquor beverage that is clear. I think it, like, it gained, well, I mean, it was created in the 90s, it fizzled out in the 2000s, but it was kind of built on the back of the popularity of things like Crystal Pepsi, which we've talked about before. It is being re-released by Coors, probably not in Canada, so we're we're probably going to have to go to the States.
0: Oh, we're going to have to get some fucking Zima.
1: Right. We're definitely getting some Zima. It sounds like it's kind of going to be awful. I mentioned Zima to Chris because I've never heard of it.
0: I have heard of Zima only because of a reference in an episode of The Simpsons. So in A Fish Called Selma, uh, the episode where Troy McClure meets Selma and they get engaged on their first or second date, they're out at a restaurant and and Selma lights up a smoke in the restaurant. And then a customer makes the witty remark. "Um, I ordered a Zima, not emphysema. I knew it was some sort of alcoholic drink, but I had never read into it any more than that. I figured it was something kind of more fancy than some clear like malt liquor,
1: or yeah, whatever, no, just clear malt liquor. Although they do have the picture I posted was just a regular bottle, mm-hmm. uh, but it appears as though the bottles they typically used were like these really cool kind of art decoy bottles.
0: An okay, an art decoy bottle. It's a weird. Fucking weird. One syllable name like Zima. That sounds very 90s, it? has got some kitsch it? to it.
1: I saw, I watched a, co- like, this um, is
0: the kind of thing, like, a, a yuppie in, like, 1989 oh, yeah. would have, like, been super into. Like, they'd serve this shit at Dorcia.
1: I watched a commercial where, like, this these guys walk into a bar and they order a beer and beer doesn't exist. So this is, like, a dystopian future where there's no beer and everyone's drinking Zima. So they get <laughs> these Zimas and the guy was like, I wanted a beer. And his friend says, just play along, man. And then they asked for some pretzels and the bartender didn't know what pretzels were. <laughs> <laughs> it was so then stupid. What's gonna make you thirsty in the bar? Right. Man, Unrelated but still in nineties news now. Are we giving up on tweeting a JK Rowling? I didn't do it at all this week.
0: I yeah. Uh, She's not gonna know.
1: respond to us.
0: I think we need we need a bigger we need a bigger like launch pad to, yeah.
1: to get this. We should mail out there. her a handwritten letter. That that's what a, we do. That's what we're gonna
0: do. Yep. Yeah. We should put our
1: program. logo on the front because that's a nice looking logo.
0: Yeah. Like make it from stuck in the nineties. Yep. Yeah. Or like what if we Whoa, can we make our, can we 3D print our logo and then make it into like a wax seal? Oh, that'd be sweet.
1: I know a guy with a 3D printer. So we would have to
0: invert it, print it uh, in a negative, and then make a fucking stamp. That would be cool. Topher, if you're you're listening,
1: stop tending to your baby and start 3D printing us a stamp. Yeah, your, your kid seems smart. He'll be fine. He's like, what, a couple months old? A number of months old.
0: Yeah. Topher's got a three D printer?
1: Yes. But more importantly, you know, make that baby change his own diaper.
0: Yeah, he's he seems he seems like a smart cookie. I completely forgot what we were talking about. Who knows? JK Rowling. Yeah. Uh, we really, yeah, we does should Does anyone have a, an in with an in with JK?
1: <laughs> does anyone who listens to our podcast have an in with one of the most popular authors on the planet? Get at us, stuck in the nineties podcast at gmail.com. You never kn- I mean You never know. Hey, I think if that were to happen, yeah, we would have we would have heard something in the last couple weeks. Maybe. All right. Let's move on to our nineties spotlight. This is a good one. This is an embarrassing one. Oh yeah. We're gonna, I don't we're like, gonna I don't tell like you words I'm gonna say. We're gonna tell you some things we're not proud of. Of. yeah this this is more directed to our slightly older membership we ourselves are 28 and don't quite fall into the category yeah we're um, close. we are
0: kind of like so the close. united states of america right now I'm we're taking a couple liberties
1: ah so this 90s spotlight is on your first email address now i think it's safe to say that most of our listenership created their first email address in the early 2000s yeah, which i believe I was the mine case for probably both of us. 2000
0: maybe, maybe 2001, 2001. But me too i think uh, hotmail already had 40 50 million users by the end of the 90s and you might have been one of them i think if i was a year or two older i easily would have created my email address and had a need for it
1: a couple of years earlier anyone in that 29 to 35 sweet spot you know who was in elementary school and they were using computers maybe their Early family bought school. a computer by then well i mean
0: like If you were like super into something like the X-Files in the 90s, you probably had an email address and we're talking about it on like, I don't know. MSN chats. We were no MSN chats. I do no MSN Chats in the 90s. That's true. Oh, but MSN Chat Rooms, those were a thing. That's
1: a, Yeah, that's a thing. You know what? We'll get to that Someday. in like a decade. Yeah, question time. What was your first email
0: address? Ugh, I told you this earlier. Um, this is really embarrassing. Yeah, it is. Uh, just the name <laughs> of it isn't that bad, but once I break it down, it gets rough. What was it called? Uh, TKSD3 at Hotmail.com. Uh, fuck. So... Uh, as I broke it down to you earlier, because it makes no sense, right? It does not. TK was a popular character in the anime Digimon. Great show. Ah, uh, his his Digimon partner Patamon evolved into Angemon. None That's of that weird. matters. None of that matters. In uh, season two of of Digimon, their Digivices <laughs> were upgraded to a device <laughs> called a D three. TK was taken. D three was taken. TKD3 was taken. Wow. TK's D3 was not. Unfortunately, in email addresses, you cannot use an apostrophe. You cannot make things possessive. So, T-
1: TKSD3. That's the that That's is, my embarrassing email. That is
0: bad. I mean, yours is Mine, yours is not nearly embarrassing. You should have uh, went
1: first. Mine's no, mine's no better.
0: Yours is not that I yours is still moderately so,
1: clever, as, although it's got a weird Nicolas Cage vibe to it. <laughs> it sure does. As many of you know, because you listened to the intro of this podcast some minutes ago, uh, my name is Connor. Here's where the embarrassing part comes in. This is grade seven. I was on the volleyball team. I played volleyball. We ordered jerseys, just like team shirts. Everyone had to put a nickname on the back of theirs. I did not have a nickname. I've never really had a nickname. Yeah, I
0: haven't really been a nickname guy either. No,
1: I had to think up my own nickname. I came up with Conair because it's volleyball. Sometimes you got to jump. This is all I had. Also, so the I created hit, that 90s nickname. Movie Con well, Air, while starring Nicolas Cage, of course. So my first email, obviously, Con Air was taken. I went through the numbers one through ninety-six; they were all taken. Really, Con Air ninety-seven was not. That's how. Wait,
0: that's how you ended on Con Air ninety-seven. That is it correct. Meant no, it, it had no meaning. It wasn't your volleyball number or no, something.
1: It had no meaning. That's fucked. That is how I got to 97. That's the embarrassing part. I sat at a computer with dial up internet access and just (laughs) just went through, went through, kept going. That is some
0: brute force right there. Yep. And we want to know what, like, there are a lot of embarrassing first email addresses, especially since a lot of teens and, and younger people were getting into this. Uh, people probably had some fucked up emails. You know all, all the ones with the, you know, the 69s and the 420s and oh, yeah. all, all the things that are not great if you're trying to apply for a job or look, <laughs> uh, have any semblance of, of professionalism. I don't think Con Air 97 was getting any, uh, any callbacks probably unless not. it was to maybe steal a plane or... Or,
1: I don't know, maybe... Steal the uh, Declaration of Independence. That's what I was going to say. Oh, let's let's slide into our sponsorship segment. Because I want to touch is... on this a little
0: more. Okay. I'm not ready yet. Okay, go for it. If any listeners oh, want to... Yeah. yeah, I want to know if any listeners want to hit us up with their first email.
1: So when we post this on the Facebook page, I will ask the question, what is your first email address? We will post ours. Get back to us. Because yeah. some of you guys have embarrassing emails. Oh, I, probably. I embarrassing it.
0: first emails. If you remember them, let us know. Last thing I want to touch on in this is growing out of it when did con Air land mm. when did
1: you stop using uh so Conair 97 became connor baseball dude but dude had oh d-o-o-d i remember connor baseball dude connor baseball dude that was that was, so it did not get better uh and then connor baseball dude became connor t-15 because 15 was my actual jersey number okay but that was only because my current email was unavailable which is just my full name, so that became available, and that's what I've used ever since.
0: You, you have, you've had a, a wide variety of emails. I think the day that tkst3 at hotmail dot com was laid to rest was probably May of two thousand four, when Gmail came out. Who remembers that? Because Gmail was in beta at the time. There were I didn't invites. Get in. It was a fucking madhouse. Yeah, it was. I was able to get an invite and. It was the coolest thing ever. There was a whole black market of Gmail uh invites. You could get some pretty cool stuff at the time, That's like true. giving someone a Gmail account. Yep. And I was able to secure my current email address, which I shouldn't probably yeah, no, say on the podcast, because don't. I already get enough garbage email because of how right. generic it is. Yeah. But yeah, that was the day that my first email address pretty much began its death
1: let's jump into the sponsorship segment every week on the show we bring you a sponsor sometimes real sometimes fictitious sometimes Sometimes Allie McBeal. that god i laughed so hard finding the ad and then putting that in (laughs)
0: that was uh, was (laughs) was so stupid
1: uh this week's episode is brought to you by the feeling when you first upgraded from dial-up internet when we were talking about this sponsor I had written the feeling when you first upgraded from dial-up to DSL because that was the jump that my family made, and most of my friends as well went from dial-up to DSL before hitting uh, the broadband cable that we all currently know and love. I think a lot of people went right to
0: cable. That's that's what I added into this. Especially if you kept dial-up longer, if you kept dial-up longer, some people oh, if just you kept dial-up longer,
1: yeah, but, but there was there was a brief like two-year period. Where dial-up was too slow to be viable anymore, and cable was too expensive to be reasonable, and that that's where the DSL niche lived. So you still had telephone access, but it was like dial-up 2.0 speeds. It was decently fast. I mean, I okay. had
0: DSL. I had DSL. It
1: was a 56k modem, right? No, wait, well, you no, know, it was. It was, uh, way faster it was than that. No, get, it was way faster than that. Yeah, too. you
0: could get. If you live very close to a node, you can hit upwards of 10 megabits on on DSL. Most people are hitting three, maybe five yeah,
1: megabits. Yeah, I think I was at the time area. was pretty
0: great but yeah, i i was on dsl until a few years ago it must have been that's crazy it was 2015 no 20 2013 really it was 2014 until i got off dsl
1: that is insane oh yeah it was a nightmare i this is stunning because my like my memory of dsl was like i wasn't happy about it dsl was not that bad was, in that the, was like in the early 2000s i'm talking like 2005 DSL was reasonably it was okay decent.
0: I mean cable was already there and was already way better people were getting way faster speeds yeah. but like I don't know DSL was oh man acceptable. I can't believe you had to deal with that for so long well because when I uh, when I first moved out on my own uh, uh, my ISP didn't service or the ISP that I went wanted to choose didn't service my area yet well also I was paying for unlimited internet so it was it was slow but I had a fuck ton of it. Fair enough. Uh, So that feeling when you upgrade from something as monumentally slow as dial-up to DSL or to cable or to whatever other service you have. If you live in a rural area, you might have just got off dial-up and upgraded to some kind of point-to-point, you know, rural internet provider. Yeah,
1: WISPs are a thing. Wireless ISPs. Yeah, exactly. Crazy town. All right, let's wrap this bitch up. Yeah. You can find us. Sorry, Joseph, I'm mad.
0: Oh, I just wanted to give one last shout out to that warm feeling of upgrading from dial up to just showing you what's out there on the world wide web.
1: That's a beautiful sentiment.
0: Switching into the left lane on the information superhighway. There it is. Jumping knew, in the carpool. I lane. knew
1: you were going to work in information superhighway somewhere. We're I was jump, waiting for it. We're jumping in the HOV lane. HOV.
0: the hov lane no the
1: hot lane we're paying for it we're paying more
0: okay true enough yeah but like the hov lane is cable
1: that's true yeah all right as always you can find us online at stuck in the 90s podcast.com you can email us if you want to be a 10 dollars sponsor give us 10 bucks we'll plug your wares we'll plug your information super highway do you have a vpn we'll
0: talk about your vpn
1: sure stuck in the 90s podcast at gmail.com com you can find us on instagram where we are hashtag blown up that's stuck in the 90s podcast we're on twitter at sat 90s facebook
0: tweet at jk a couple more times we might
1: we might we might not give up on her we should write her a letter
0: though we should that i mean it'll be beautifully handwritten heartfelt because we love jk Rowling. she helped shape who we both are as adults i think
1: that's very true Next week, because we have prepared, we know- Whoa, you wrote this down. uh, Yeah, I wrote it down. We are doing March 5th to 11th, 1998. Mm -hmm. I think we've made a decision that we're
0: officially retiring the wheel, and next week, uh, we might pay a little homage to it. But for now, I think the podcast podcast is is now
1: over.